Kotsky could not believe what he was looking at. He blinked at his computer screen several times, giving whoever was responsible the exceedingly gracious benefit of the doubt that this, this travesty was just a glare on his computer screen, an odd distortion of the camera lens, because even he, even Kotsky fucking Bakugo, in all his deep and abiding faith in the stupidity of people, could not believe someone could fuck up so epically. But when he switched over to his phone, just to triple check before someone, he wasn't sure who, got howitzered off the top floor of their agency building, it only confirmed that an egregious sin had been committed. One that would not go unanswered. One that someone would pay dearly for. He looked back down at his phone and his sound of disgust echoed off of the still unpainted concrete walls of the agency. He was definitely going to have to fire someone over this shit, which was going to be a shame because they were three weeks away from actually officially opening to the public as a new hero agency. And firing their PR and marketing people before the doors even opened didn't feel like an auspicious start. But the longer Kotsky stared at the picture, the more infuriating it became. He scrolled to the top of the email to see who all had been sent the proofs. Icy hot, he barked, kicking out from his desk, sending his chair rolling back past the not completely built wall that would eventually separate their offices. He heard the rolling of wheels on the tile as Todoroki pushed out past his own partition into Kotsky's view. You bellowed, he drawled, tone rife with boredom. Kotsky held up his phone and pointed at it as though it would explain everything. It should explain everything. Did you break your phone again? asked Todoroki. Because we've already burned through 20% of our budget allotted for objects and necessities that dynamite rage breaks, and we technically haven't even started our fiscal year yet. Kotsky sneered at the bastard. I did not break my phone, you fuckstick, he said. I'm telling you to check your damn email. Icy Hot sighed as though he had the patience of a martyr and pushed back off the ground, disappearing once again behind the temporary barrier, but Kotsky could hear the clacking of his computer as he obeyed his direction. Next, Kotsky kicked off his feet again towards the other wall. Oi, shitty hair, get your ass out here. Kiri's head bobbed up into the hole that had been knocked out in the wall. He was pretty sure that was from construction and not damages he himself had caused, though it was impossible to tell sometimes. What's up? Check your fucking email, he said. What are you guys doing, playing solitaire? First of all, said Kirishima, holding up his finger, it's Candy Crush. Kotsky waited impatiently for the second of all, but it seemed that Kirishima was waiting on it too before he shrugged sheepishly and ducked back down. Fine, he whined. I'm checking my email. Right the fuck now, said Kotsky. I don't want to hear shit about let me finish this level. He could hear Kirishima grousing from the other side of the wall, but this was an emergency. And if these idiots didn't see the urgency of the situation, well, he was going to have to rethink his whole business plan of opening an agency with them. And then he heard it, the gasp of indignation from Kirishima, and then the stomping of Icy Hot as he stormed over to them, his eyes narrowed and his jaw twitching. Vindication was so sweet. Who the hell approved this? demanded Icy Hot. Sure as fuck wasn't me, said Kotsky. Shitty hair joined them in their little circle of rage, equally huffy. Wasn't me. Half and half held up his phone. It says, here are the final proofs as approved by your agency. So someone here approved these. Was it shitty Deku? asked Kotsky. He may not have noticed. My husband would definitely have noticed, said Shoto. 
He has been in love with every single person in this picture, so he would have had something to say about... The door to the agency swung open with a mighty crash as Deku stormed through the lobby to join them, his own eyes electric with that Deku rage that would strike fear into the hearts of lesser men. Deku looked at his husband's outstretched hand and snarled at the picture on the screen. What are we going to do about this? He snapped. Because there is no way we are... All right. All right, everyone, said Kiri, holding out his hands. Let's all just calm down, he said. I think we should all just hop on the elevator and pay a visit to Mr. Kanazuki in marketing and AP shot his dick off, turn him into an ice sculpture, Delaware smash him out of the prefecture. Kirishima pressed his palms together and held them up in front of his face before taking a deep breath. I, I like where your heads are at, but I was thinking a bit more tactful of an approach. Kotsky sneered, but he supposed that Shitty Hair had a point. Murdering a staff member before the doors opened would also not reflect well on their fledgling agency, and their collective reputations as heroes would only take them so far. All right, he said, fucking fine, but we are going to go tear him a new one. Kotsky stalked over to the computer and took his rage out on his keyboard as he aggressively tightened the command to print off the offending picture. He snatched the warm paper off of the tray with fervor. No one fucking bring this up to your Baraka. He pointed at his colleagues as he gave the order. I'm sure she already received the email, said Deku, his voice forlorn at the thought. She's on a strict no-work rule today, said Kotsky as he punched the button on the elevator over and over again, as if it would make the elevator move any faster. And you think she'll abide by that rule? asked Shitty Hair, skeptically. Kotsky scoffed, but he didn't respond. He hoped that she was taking her no-workday seriously after her week-and-a-half-long rescue mission. She had come back looking as run down as he had ever seen her, in desperate need of both a sleep in her own bed and a break. But still, the proofs had gone to all of them. She would see them eventually, but hopefully, by then, they would have taken care of it. He looked down again at the offending photo. He was gripping it so hard half of the paper had crumpled in his hand. Can't believe this shit, growled Kotsky, shaking his head. Maybe someone else should do the talking, said Shitty Hair. No way, said Todoroki. I want to see Dynamite make this asshole cry. How am I the most rational one on this elevator? Shitty Hair muttered to himself as he rubbed the back of his head. When the elevator beeped, Kotsky was the first one off the elevator, flanked by his comrades in arms, all motivated by their shared mission, fueled by a shared righteous indignation. Their departments were small for now, so it didn't take long to find Mr. Kanazuki's office. His well-meaning and eager assistant greeted them cheerfully and moved to alert her boss to their presence, but they weren't stopping for that, though Kotsky was fairly certain he heard Shitty Hair sputter out an apology before following them into the office with Mr. Kanazuki's name across the door. Not for long, if Kotsky had anything to say about that. Oh, hello, Kanazuki greeted, his voice pleasant and professional, but that only sparked Kotsky's rage even further as he slammed the picture onto his desk. Oh, declared Kanazuki, so far unfazed by his antics. After all, they had hired him due to his experience working with heroes, so he must be relatively used to hero outbursts. I see you got the pictures. I think they turned out beautifully, and trust me when I say everyone is looking to... Oh, Oh, so you like how they turned out? 
asked Kotsky, voice trembling an octave higher with unrestrained rage. He nodded. I do. Well, said Deku, crossing his arms across his chest, we, he gestured between the four of them, have some serious issues with the pictures, and we are especially confused about the fact that the photographer said that they incorporated edits from our agency, but this is the first we've heard of them. I understand, said Mr. Kanazuki. I know you all expressed that you wanted to be hands-on when it came to... Oh, good. So your head is not so far up your ass that you can't hear, barked Kotsky. Because apparently, it's so far up there that you can't see if you thought this... He pressed his finger onto the picture and shoved it across the desk towards the man. Was okay. Mr. Kanazuki looked down at the picture of Uravity. Except for the fact that it didn't even look like Uravity. Not one little bit. Not at all. Mr. Kanazuki looked down at the photo and cocked his head to the side as though desperately searching for the issue, as if it wasn't glaringly obvious. All right, he said. Tell me what the problem is. Well, first off, said Icy Hot, while Uravity's breasts are... Kotsky shot Icy Hot a watchet glare, but, as always, the subtleties of human normalcy were lost on him. Adequate. That was an understatement if Kotsky ever heard one. Try heavenly. Perfect. Best view on God's green earth. But, he supposed in this room, Icy Hot opting to be tactful. They are not that large, he finished, gesturing towards the picture with a look of distaste. They look like fucking inflatables, yelled Kotsky. And look, he picked up the picture and held it directly in front of the little turd's face. Her torso is not that long, and somehow we are looking at her ass and her tits at the same time. I don't even want to know how they photoshopped that. Ochako was a curvy woman, but her waist was insanely small in the photo, and her belly was completely, completely gone, and that wasn't even at the top of the list. Where are your gravity scars? He all but screamed, slamming his fist back down on the table. She had a shit ton of scars. He knew where every last one of them were, each one committed to memory in the same way every part of her body was. Uh, what our colorful partner means is, interrupted Kirishima evenly, trying to pull Kotsky away from the desk. Where the fuck are your gravity scars? offered Icy Hot. And despite having a relatively good working relationship with the heterochromatic hero, Kotsky would not consider himself friends with the weirdo, but in that moment, Kotsky almost didn't hate him. The little fucker behind the desk cleared his throat and folded his hands on the desk. It is well established that women heroes who hide their deformities, excuse me, cut in Deku, and Kotsky was no stranger to Deku's feral side, but still, even he had to admit that it was still a terrifying thing to behold, and Deku looked to be a few more dumbass comments away from going full cowling, and Kotsky was certain this little douche canoe was not prepared for that. Fine, Mr. Kanazuki amended, his tone progressing into irritated. Female heroes are more palatable if they hide the collateral damage of their heroics. Tell that to fucking Mirko scoffed Kirishima. She's one of the best working heroes, and she has a prosthetic arm. Your gravity is not as established as Mirako, and I can assure you that Mirako's marketability drastically decreased after the incident. Kotsky saw red. 
God, the confidence this bottom dweller had was about to make Kotsky lose his cool. Because he had totally been keeping it together so far, thank you very much. The weasel sighed heavily, as though somehow Kotsky was the one being unreasonable here. When this guy, this son of a bitch, apparently brings nothing to the table except the audacity to make judgments about what makes a woman attractive. Why does it say that the edits were suggested by our agency? asked Deku. As you said, we made it clear that we wanted to be hands-on with... You also told me I had a great deal of creative freedom, interrupted the rat-faced twerp. With final approval from us, shot back Deku through gritted teeth. And we do not approve of this, said Kiri, gesturing towards the picture. And we said that when we thought you were actually competent, spat Kotsky. He could feel Kirishima's hand on his shoulder pulling him away from the desk. I made decisions based off of my extensive understanding of the industry. As you well know, I have worked with heroes for years. If you trust me, I can make sure that each of you breaks the top 20 in the next five years. I just need you to trust me with your image and... Trust you? barked Icy Hot. You turned our very respected colleague, who is both a battle hero and rescue hero, into a... a an inflatable doll. How can this be her image? It looks nothing like her. Well, said Dr. Kanazuki, we will have to agree to disagree. I think your avity looks quite appealing in this photo, and I promise you that if I were walking down the street and saw this girl on a billboard, I would stop and... She's a woman, yelled Kotsky, almost hopping with rage. Not a girl. And look at this. He slammed the printed picture back down onto the desk, offering no other explanation. He pointed again and again, so hard that his finger might break through the desk. I'm looking said the smarmy idiot, following his finger. She has a thigh gap, Kotsky declared it with shaking rage and frustration. A fucking thigh gap. Indeed, he answered. And what of it? Uravity does not have a thigh gap, first off, he said. Trust me, as someone whose head has been between those thighs more... Okay, interrupted Kirishima, pulling him away. What Dynamite is trying to say is that our agency would like to present a more authentic face of what hero work is like. Well, that's all well and good, but when I tell you that I know what sells, you should trust me on that. And your gravity, while a very competent hero, is lacking certain... Before he could stop it, the edge of the desk beneath his palm exploded into splinters as Kotsky leaned over the desk. But before he could actually say anything... Before he could blast that shit stain through the window, Kirishima was all but bent over the desk, his hulking frame blocking out Mr. Kanazuki. Go ahead, fuckface, he growled, his pointed teeth bared. Finish that sentence. I fucking dare you. For the first time, the little shit had the decency to look afraid. Good. Cocky asshole needed to know his damn place. He was lucky to even get to say Uravity's name, but he had the audacity to have any opinion on her other than to worship the ground she walked on, was a level of confidence that even Kotsky, in all of his egotistical breath, could only aspire to. Finally, Mr. Kanazuki sniffed priggishly and pushed away from the desk. Well, he said, I can see that I was mistaken. When I heard the most talented and prestigious graduates of UA were looking to start an agency, I assumed it was with the goal in mind of breaking the top 10. The
the business of winning and succeeding, but it appears I was wrong. We are in the business of saving lives, said Deku, and your gravity does that very, very well. What we are not in the business of is peddling lies that give little girls eating disorders. So you're right. We are not on the same page, and we doubt very much that we can trust you to accurately represent us to the public. So, Deku gestured coldly to the door. Please see yourself out. Mr. Kanazuki sneered. He was a bold man. Kotsky had to give him that, though he was pretty sure he could hear the guy's heart racing from the other side of the desk. He had no doubt been made bold by the assurance that they were heroes and, despite Kotsky's blustering, would not actually physically hurt him. He left without a word, leaving the four heroes standing in the now-abandoned office, with no promo pictures and no head of marketing. Shit. Well, said Kiri, letting out a breath and clapping his hand together. I'm proud of every one of us. I think we handled that with the utmost of maturity and, um, uh, excuse me? They whipped around to see Mr. Kanazuki's assistant standing in the doorway, looking anxiously between them all. Um, is, I guess he isn't coming back, huh? Sorry, said Shitty Hair. We, uh, had to let him go. Creative differences and all of that. She nodded. Oh, okay. So does that mean I should leave? Deku looked like he was about to offer an apology when Kotsky spoke up first. What's your name? Her face flushed and she stood up straight in the doorway. She looked like she was trying her best not to shrink away from the room. He doubted very much that she was afraid of them, but he could see how they made an intimidating bunch, especially after they sent her boss packing before the doors had even opened. Remy Kitihara, she declared, her hands bunching into fists at her side. How did you get the job as that asshat's assistant? Well, she said, I've been looking for a job in marketing and advertising for the past two years, but there are no openings, so I was waiting tables. But when I saw that a new agency was opening, I said I would take any job, even if it was an assistant to an asshat. Kotsky smirked. So you knew he was an asshat? She nodded. And for the record, so was the photographer he picked for you. Any good photographer would have known that those were ridiculous alterations to make to a picture. Congratulations, kid, said Kotsky, gesturing inside the room. You just got promoted. Here's your new office. To her credit, the look of surprise passed quickly before her mouth tightened in resolve, and she nodded. I won't let you down. Tch. We'll see, said Kotsky. Your first assignment is to take care of this. He grabbed the crumpled paper and held it out to her. She snatched it out of his hand and nodded again. I'm on it, she declared urgently, not betraying any sense of being overwhelmed or intimidated by the task before her. That was a good sign. Are you sure about that? asked Deku after they were back in the elevator and safely out of earshot. We didn't even interview her. Katsuki shrugged. Come on, Deku, he said. Have a little faith, why don't you? Kirishima reached up and pressed the back of his hand to Katsuki's forehead. What the fuck? Katsuki reared back out of reach. Just making sure you aren't sick, Bakuburo. Katsuki rolled his eyes. I ain't fucking sick, shitty hair. I'm just saying that if we are wanting to do something different, we should just go whole hog, you know? 
Why hire someone who's already decided that they know how the industry works when we can hire someone new who hasn't had the time to buy into all that shit yet? Icy Hot looked thoughtful for a moment. Bakugo makes a surprisingly cogent point. Oi! Not to mention, having a woman's perspective on our marketing and PR could certainly help us differentiate ourselves from other agencies, added Deku. See, said Kotsky, stepping off the elevator, I'm a fucking genius, and all of you should just listen to me from the get-go and save us all a lot of time. He would stay and argue that point further, but right now, he was in a rush to get home. He had spent too much time today looking at that photoshopped version of Uravity. He needed a fucking palate cleanser. When Kotsky collapsed onto the bed with her, she knew something was wrong, and she was pretty sure she knew what it was. He situated himself between her legs and wrapped his arms around her torso before dropping his head onto her chest and nestling against her needily. How was your day? she asked. He answered with a deep sigh. Long. What about you? He looked up suddenly and gave her the once-over as though searching for something. Oh, yeah. She definitely knew why he was upset. She wondered if he would bring it up. Did you fucking listen to me and not do any work today? Smooth, Kotsky, she thought, as she ran her hand through his hair. Is that your way of asking if I saw the photos? She asked with a smirk. He scowled and dropped down against her shoulder, burying his teeth lightly into her shoulder in response. Kotsky, she scolded, swatting his shoulder. He turned his glare up at her. I told you not to do any work. I didn't, she said. The emails go to my phone. Of course I saw them. He huffed and dropped his face into her chest, muttering incoherently into her shirt, and she let out a giggle. Kotsky, she said. It's okay. This is par for the course for... He shot up, the look in his eyes silencing her. Not at our fucking agency, he said. It's ours, and we don't have to take that shit. She shrugged. Well, we already paid for them, so... We are not using those, he interrupted, his voice leaving no room for argument. Of course they weren't. Honestly, Ochako hated them too. She looked nothing like herself, but apparently Kotsky was much more affronted by the whole thing than she was. She wasn't sure if it was simply that she was desensitized to stuff like this and Kotsky wasn't, or if it was the fact that it was their agency and Kotsky felt like, for the first time, he could do something about this thing that had always driven him up the wall. And, well, maybe it was because he was a guy, and he could get pissed off at stuff like this and express it openly in a way she just couldn't. We fired that asshole, too. She pushed up on his shoulders so she could look him in the eyes again. Kotsky! What? You fired Mr. Kanazuki? Is that his name? Yes, and we hired him because he represented a ton of top 20 heroes, and he could have been the guy responsible for All Might's fucking rise to fame, and I still would have booted his ass, declared Kotsky. God, he was so dramatic sometimes, and she sure did love him for it. Did you at least talk to the others before you made your decision? It was a joint decision, Cheeks. We were all pissed. She rolled her eyes and tutted. You were all so dramatic, she said affectionately. He pouted up at her and shimmied down her body so he could rest his cheek against her thigh. Can't believe they airbrushed these, he muttered, nuzzling against them like they were his very own emotional support pillows. 
A fucking travesty is what it was. I know, she said placatingly. I know it sucks, but... She reached down and brushed his bangs out of his face so she could look at him. I really didn't take it to heart, Kotsky. I promise you, she smirked down at him. People have been writing about and commenting on my body for the past six years. I promise you, I'm okay. He seemed to soften a little at that. Good, he muttered, nuzzling back into her thigh. It was sweet at first, chaste little pecks, but then his tongue made an appearance, and soon his teeth were scraping along her skin, the air and mood shifting around her. She watched him intently, his eyes half-lidded, his breath warming on her skin, the movements of his lips turning hungry in a way that drew an involuntary whimper from her mouth as she slid off the headboard and onto the pillow. Do you know how fucking hot you are? He growled against her skin, sending vibrations through her whole body. Of course I do, she sighed, reaching down to brush her fingertips over his forehead and cheeks. I'm a frickin' snack. How could she feel like anything else when he looked at her like that? He snorted against her. Damn fucking straight. But, she said, smirking down at him. I mean, they did take away my thighs. He growled again, but this time decidedly more playful. So, she shrugged exaggeratedly and lifted her hips for him as he slid her shorts down. If you really want to remind me, I won't argue. He nipped playfully at her hip, his eyes locked on her, intense and wanting. She didn't give a fuck about those damn photos. Not when he looked at her like that. She knew she was hot, and so did Kotsky. After Kotsky had thoroughly reminded Ochako, three times to be exact, just how sexy she was to him, she fell asleep naked and snoring against his chest, leg draped over him as she greedily sucked out his body heat. He wasn't quite done being pissed about the whole thing, but when he was thoroughly convinced that Ochako was telling him the truth, that her confidence and self-image had not been entirely shattered or fucked by what that asshole had done, he felt a little better. He was typically the first to give her credit for being tougher and more resilient than people thought, but there were certain things that he knew ran deeper. He pressed a kiss to the top of her head as he shifted back onto his own pillow, her grip tightening around his torso in response. It was his favorite way to fall asleep. Cuddled up next to her, surrounded by her smell, the sounds of her breathing, and her perfect, soft roundness that made his hands feel a little bit stressed because they just wanted to be everywhere at once. Before his own eyes slid shut, his phone beeped on the bedside table. He picked it up to put it on mute, not intending to respond, but the work email caught his eye all the same. He didn't recognize the address, but assumed he would be seeing more and more of it in his inbox. The subject line read, New photographer found for reshoots. See available dates below. Good on you, kid, he thought before turning his phone off and setting it on the bedside table. He wrapped his arms back around Ochako, gathering her even closer, his hands absently mapping across her back, tracing the line of her scars, reminding him that she was here and real and perfect.